your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 380 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps every day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we got two big things that I want to talk about. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is continue our series of the free agency spotlight, where we basically do a deep dive on every single impending New York Ranger free agent. Today, we're going to be looking at Philip Hedl, one of the bigger names, along with, uh, I would say, Pavel Buchnevich and Igor Shesterkin. All three of those men are restricted free agents. Uh, but definitely uh, the bigger names among, you know, unrestricted or restricted free agents that the Rangers have, probably the three biggest names, the three most important players to the Rangers going forward. So we're talking about Heedle, and we're also going to get into the Rangers' approach to the upcoming Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Uh, we've kind of touched on it here and there. We've taken a look at the forward specifically as far as uh, who the last forward might be that the Rangers could protect. But today we're going to go uh, pretty much through the entire roster, through the entire franchise, all these different players, and try to look at who the Rangers will definitely protect, who they are forced to protect, by way of no-move clauses and things like that. And also, uh, guys who could be on the bubble, guys you can make a case either way to be protected or not be protected. And then we're also going to try to figure out uh, which player the Seattle Kraken will ultimately select from the Rangers to be part of their team next season. So like I said, there's a lot to do today, and we will start with Philip Hedl. And for starters, I just want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a rundown because what we've been doing in this offseason is once again taking a look at every impending Ranger free agent. If you missed any of the previous episodes and you want to go back, uh, we talk about Brandon Smith and Jack Johnson in episode number 360. We talk about Julian Gauthier in episode number 363. We talk about Pavel Buchnevich and Brett Howden in episode 364. We talk about Igor Shesterkin in episode 374. So as you guys can tell, we're kind of just spacing it out. There's not really any uh, strict schedule for this. Obviously, we took a break from it with the hiring of Gallant, a couple of other things going on with the New York Rangers as well. But I wanted to get back to it today, once again, with, uh, you know, focusing the spotlight on Philip Hedl. So Hedl, once again, a restricted free agent. He is still just 21 years old, which is very hard to believe because it feels like he's kind of been with the Rangers for a fairly significant time, and in a way he has. Uh, he has now played in parts of the past four seasons with the New York Rangers, beginning all the way back in 2017-2018. So as difficult as it is to believe, uh, he will be entering his fifth season with the Rangers this upcoming season. Of course, in his first year in 2017-2018, he only played in a handful of games, I believe nine, but yeah, I mean, he's been here for a while. He's only 21 years old, and he's been here for quite a bit longer than a lot of the other uh, young players on this New York Ranger team. But Hedl, uh, a former first-round pick by the Rangers, he went number 21 overall back in 2017. He was actually the second of two first-round picks by the Rangers in that draft. He went after Leas Anderson, whom the Rangers selected number seven overall that year. The less said about Leas Anderson, the better. As we all know, uh, he is long gone, and he's the problem of the Los Angeles Kings now. So, I mean, Hedl, 
Heedle, hey, at least he's done better than Leah Sanderson. At the very least, you got to give Heedle that. And, you know, Heedle's somebody who has definitely shown some flashes, definitely shown some upside. Uh, we had Vince Mercogliano on the show. He's been on the show a number of times. But in his most recent appearance, he talked about how the Rangers are very, very high on Philip Heedle. And, and Vince is not the kind of guy to just make things up. He does an excellent job covering the New York Rangers for Lohud.com and a variety of other publications as well. Uh, so if he he's very plugged into the Ranger organization. If he says something like that, I 100% believe him. Of course, that was the case the last time Vince was on the show. But the last time Vince was on the show, the Ranger general manager was Jeff Gorton. The Ranger team president was John Davidson. And the Ranger head coach was David Quinn. And as we are all very much aware of at this point, all three of those gentlemen are no longer in those roles. So who knows? You know, maybe Drury and Gallant feel differently about Philip Heedle. Maybe they're not necessarily as high on him as the previous regime, or the opposite could be true. They could be even higher on Philip Heedle. They might absolutely love the kid. They might believe that he's a huge, huge piece of this ongoing Ranger rebuild going forward. They might feel like they absolutely have to keep him in Ranger Blue. Uh, it's hard to say for sure, but it could go a number of different ways with Philip Heedle this offseason. Uh, he's somebody that we could see get a long-term extension with the Rangers, or we could see him potentially packaged uh, in some kind of a deal for an already established NHL player. Because if the Rangers are going to be in on Jack Eichel or maybe even Mark Shifley, I had an email last week that I got from Eddie. Eddie, thanks for the email. As always, always good talking some hockey with you. Uh, but Eddie mentioned the possibility of the Rangers trading for Mark Shifley. And it's something that, you know, I think we're eventually going to get to and we'll dive into potential trade targets for the Rangers in a future episode. Right now, we're just going to briefly mention it. Uh, in a nutshell, I love Mark Shifley's game and I think he would be a great addition to the Rangers. He would provide a lot of what they're missing right now. But if Philip Heedle was to be packaged in a deal for Mark Shifley, I mean... I'm not too keen on giving up Philip Heedle, but you got to give a little to get a little. And I think, you know, Philip Heedle, the Rangers could stand to lose him more than they could stand to lose uh, a lot of their other young players. But I am getting a little bit ahead of myself right now. I want to kind of shift the focus back to Philip Heedle's career progression here, and then we'll kind of dive into, you know, what his long-term prospects with the Rangers might be. But this past season was... Philip Heedle's absolute best with the Rangers, at least in terms of point per games and probably a number of other areas as well. But in terms of point per game, which is what you're looking for when you draft a forward in the first round, I mean, predominantly those are players that you're looking to, you know, contribute offensively, put up some points. In 42 games this past season, Heedle had eight goals and a career high 14 assists for a total of 22 points. He was also a plus nine, and that was the first time he was a plus in his career. And I realize, yes, plus minus, not a perfect stat, but I do think, you know, there's some uh, credibility to the plus minus. I mean, if you're plus 30 or minus 30, I, I can't simply write that off. And, you know, Philip Heedle, as he's improved throughout his first four years with the Rangers, that's a stat that we've seen kind of go up as well. So it was nice to see him be a plus. Once again, for the first time in his career, a plus nine. He was a minus seven the season before. He was a minus 22 the season before that. And he was a minus five in the season before that. And in that first season, once again, he only played nine games. But again, you know, first time that he was a plus in his career. Heedle also averaged 13 minutes and 13 seconds of ice time this past season. That was actually a career low down from 1450 the season prior. I wouldn't read too much into the decreased time in the ice. I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of times we tend to overanalyze this, and I include myself in this in terms of time on the ice per night. I mean, certain nights, you know, there's certain guys that don't play on the penalty kill and you take a bunch of penalties and, you know, the PK is out there for a good chunk of the game and that kind of brings the non-penalty killers ice time down and same thing with the power play. I mean, if there's guys that aren't really out there on the power play, but you get a lot of power play opportunities, that can skew it one way or another. 
Uh, different guys are going to get different amounts of ice time, whether you're uh, trailing by one goal late in the game, whether you're trying to protect a one goal lead. So there's different things that can skew ice time. And I know with Heedle, there was at least one game this season where he only played about eight minutes because he left that game injured. And I believe there might have been a second game later in the season that he also left injured. So that can skew uh, the time on the ice down a little bit as well. I mean, it's not going to make, you know, an enormous impact, but certainly it'll weigh it down at least a little bit. You know, having one or two games where you only play about eight minutes uh, and you have to leave with an injury. Uh, but there is one trend with Philip Heedle that is, I wouldn't say like a deal breaker. It's not like this one issue is going to cause me to come on here and say, get rid of Philip Heedle. He can't play, trade him, this, that, and the other thing. But there is one thing that I've kind of picked up on with him over these past few seasons. And we're going to talk about that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so as I was talking about, there's one thing with Philip Heedle that is sort of a good thing and a bad thing. Just stay with me for this on a second, because the thing that I've noticed over these past few seasons, really ever since he's been a Ranger, is that it seems like he can get off to these really fast starts, but then he also slows down just as quickly and kind of disappears uh, for chunks of games at a time. And the reason why, on one hand, it's a little bit of a good thing is that it shows that he's got it in him. Because the Rangers, they again, they took him in the first round. They obviously really like him. As we talked about, Vince Mercagliano has mentioned he's very plugged into the Rangers. He's mentioned that that front office is very, very high on Philip Hedl, and that's great. And it shows when, when Hedl goes on these runs and is putting the puck in the net, you know, almost every night, uh, brief runs though they may be, it shows that he has that kind of talent. He has that kind of skill. He has that kind of upside. It's just kind of a matter of putting it all together. Uh, the part about this that isn't good is very obvious. It's the fact that he's obviously a very, very streaky player, or at least that's what he has been thus far in his career. And I'm going to give you some examples to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about here. Uh, this past season, the one that just concluded for the Rangers, Hedl, in his first four games, the first four games of the season when the Rangers were scuffling and basically just doing absolutely nothing. Uh, none of the star players were really giving the Rangers anything that they were expecting. Philip Hedl kind of picked up the slack a little bit. And in those first four games, he had two goals and an assist, which is great. But beyond that, I think the most impressive thing was he was one of the only Rangers that was kind of standing out and jumping off the screen for any positive reasons. Because as we talked about throughout the season and when it was happening and after the season, 
the Rangers' star players were basically nowhere to be found. I mean, Panarin was still getting his points, but he wasn't taking over games the way that we're used to seeing him take over games. Mika Zibanejad was obviously still struggling with COVID. Uh, Chris Kreider was doing absolutely nothing. Ryan Strom was doing absolutely nothing. The list goes on and on. And so it was big that Philip Hedl was one of the few guys that actually looked like an offensive force early in the season. Unfortunately, he got hurt in the fifth game of the season, missed a bunch of time, came back, and never really got going at that same level. I mean, he got his points here and there throughout the rest of the season. There were times where it was looking like maybe he was going to take off, but he just never really looked like that dominant player that he was looking like in those first four games there and into the fifth game, uh, the game that he got injured. And the season prior to the one that just concluded for the Rangers, Philip Heedle started with six goals and an assist in his first eight games. And that's great, but it's, again, it's a pace that he just could not sustain. And I'm not saying that Philip Heedle has to be a point-per-game player in his age 20 season, which is how old he was at the time, but you'd like to think that, you know, if he's getting seven points in his first eight games, that he could at least stay somewhat close close to that. And instead, you know, he kind of just disappears for a while. And, you know, as I'm saying all this, it's kind of making me think of another Ranger. It's kind of reminding me of Pavel Buchnevich because up until this past season, basically everything that I'm saying about Philip Hedl right now, you can copy and paste it and apply it to Pavel Buchnevich and the player that he was up until this most current season because he's another player on the Rangers that really just kind of struggled with that consistency. He'd go on these runs where he just looks like a beast out there and he's playing in all three zones and he's driving to the net and he's on the score sheet every night and then he just disappears for like 10 games. And, you know, this past season was the season for Buchnevich where it seemed like he finally put it all together. I mean, there were a little bit of ups and downs, you know. I mean, there were maybe a couple of stretches where he wasn't the most notable player, but it was nowhere near as profound this past year as far as Buchnevich maybe uh, disappearing for a few games as it was in years past. I wouldn't even say that Buchnevich ever disappeared for any stretch of time uh, over this past season. He's just like every other player. Every now and then you're, you're going to have a couple, a quiet couple of games, uh, at least every once in a while. But with Hedl, I mean, again, you know, the, the hot streaks, they're there and they tease you a little bit. And then he kind of goes away for a while. And once again, uh, to go back to the third most recent Rangers season. So Heedle got off to a really slow start in that campaign. But then he had a five-game stretch where he scored a goal in all five of those games. Five consecutive games with a goal. Those were the 18th through 22nd games of the season for Philip Heedle that year. And you're thinking, oh, man, I mean, this, this kid's about to take off. He's only 19 years old. This guy's the limit. And then, again, he disappears for a while. So, look, all this might be a byproduct of Filipino being very young. I think that's got to at least have something to do with it because, you know, young players do tend to struggle with consistency a little bit in this league. And Filipino is clearly no exception. I'm just hoping that he can, you know, just take that next step forward, become a little bit more of a consistent player uh, with the New York Rangers next season, assuming that he's back and he's not trade bait for, you know, any of the other guys that we mentioned uh, a little while ago in this episode. But one thing I'd also like to say about Philip Hedl is I'd like to see him move to wing. You know, I look at him and I just think he's more of a wing than he is a center because the dude can absolutely fly. That's one of his greatest assets, the speed that he brings to the ice every single night. I mean, look, scoring can slump, and, and there's other things that can slump. Speed really doesn't slump. If you can fly, you can fly. And I just think as fast as he is, he's better suited to play the wing. And that's not to say that there aren't any centers with speed, because there certainly are. I mean, we, we've got a couple of them. Mika Zibanejad can fly, and I think Ryan Strom has pretty good speed as well. But I feel like a speed game is just tailor-made to play the wing, whereas with center, maybe you're looking for a little bit more defense, a little bit more grittiness. And, you know, that's not necessarily Philip Heedle's game. He doesn't really tend to rack up a lot of hits. I think he only had about 15 this past season. In fact, let me just double-check that real quick. Yeah, Heedle had 15 hits in 42 games this past season, so it's not really his game. Just put him on the wing and let him 
participate in a track meet, basically. I mean, look to spring him on some breakaways and uh, let him use his speed, which is one of his greatest assets, one of the things that you know he's going to bring to the rink every single night because, again, the scoring can kind of go up and down. It can come and go for any player in this league. Speed is always going to be there. And, you know, if you're torn about whether Heedle should play center or wing, let us look no further than his career face-off winning percentage, which after four seasons with the Rangers stands at 39.6%. Uh, that's about as bad as it gets, and it's not really a small sample size either. He has taken 1,070 face-offs, and that's where he's at right now. Now, I would imagine if he stays at center, then almost by default, his career face-off winning percentage sooner or later, it's going to have to move up a little bit. And I think there's some evidence there because this past season, uh, he won 130 out of 304 face-offs. So that was 43%, which was the best of his career. So eventually, I, again, by default, it has to go up a little bit. But if you're winning less than 40% of your face-offs, that's almost unheard of. And it's somebody that, to me, maybe you're not a center. You know, maybe maybe the wing is better for you. And when you combine his lack of success in the face-off circle with everything else that I just mentioned, I think it only stands to reason that he should probably be on the wing. And he has played some wing with the Rangers in his career. But uh, right now, it kind of feels like Heedle is at center simply because there's nobody else to put there. The top two centers are obviously Mika Zibanejad and Ryan Strom, and somebody needs to center the third line, and it's kind of just been Philip Heedle by default. Uh, we've discussed some of the unrestricted free agents from around the league. Uh, the guy that I really love right now is Philip Deneau. He's still playing with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I think he would be an excellent pickup, and he would add a lot of what the Rangers are kind of lacking right now, you know, some grit, a uh, forward who's a defense-first guy, uh, somebody who's a beast in the faceoff circle. Uh, another strong penalty killer. You can never have too many of those. And on top of all that, you know, if Philip Deneau winds up with the Rangers next season, that presumably allows Philip Heedle to move to the wing, which, again, I think that's where he's best suited to play uh, as things stand right now. And like I was saying earlier, this could go one of a couple of different ways with Philip Heedle. He could end up with a nice, fairly long-term contract with the Rangers, being a restricted free agent right now, or he could end up being part of a trade package for somebody who's already established in the NHL. I think a compelling case can be made either way. Obviously, we'll keep our eye on what the Rangers do with Heedle, as well as the rest of their impending free agents, but that will pretty much conclude our talk about Philip Heedle for now. In just a second, I want to uh, take a look at the upcoming expansion draft and kind of go through the Rangers' approach to it and try to come up with some kind of a conclusion here as far as who should be protected and who should be exposed uh, to the Seattle Kraken in that expansion draft. And we'll do that in just a second. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about this Seattle expansion draft here and more specifically the Rangers' approach to the expansion draft. And again, we'll just kind of run through the roster here and, and draw some conclusions uh, when we're done talking about it here. But for starters, uh, well, well, let me uh, start from the very top of this here. The Seattle Kraken, uh, they're an expansion team. They're coming into the league next year. They will have a draft where they get one player from every team in the NHL. I think most people are aware of this, but just in case, you know, there might be some people who are new to this concept and 
maybe have not even been a hockey fan the last time there was an expansion draft. So yeah, they get one player from every team. Uh, there's obviously certain players on every team who will be protected by their current team either through a no-move clause or the team simply selecting that, okay, they're not allowed to have this guy. And like I said, we're going to go through the Reindeer roster real quick here, or as quick as we can anyway, and uh, just kind of determine who the Reindeers need to hang on to. I mean, that we already know, who they should hang on to, and which player might ultimately end up being taken by the Kraken in the expansion draft, because the Kraken get one player from every team, minus the Vegas Golden Knights. I can only assume the reason for that is that the Knights themselves are a fairly recent expansion team, so maybe that excludes them from having to give up anybody um, as far as the Rangers go. For starters, you've got a handful of players that have full no-move clauses, and they are automatically protected. And just to run through those real quick, you got Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Jacob Truba. Another rule for the expansion draft is that all first and second year players and all unsigned draft choices are automatically exempt from the expansion draft. And none of those players uh, will count against a team's protection limits because obviously there's a limit whether you're the Rangers or anybody else in this league, on how many players you can protect. So that means the following New York Rangers will also be automatically be protected uh, from this expansion draft. You've got at forward, Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere, Vitaly Krasov, Justin Richards, and Morgan Barron. Richards only played one game with the Rangers. Barron, I think it was like five games or so, but uh, they are automatically protected. And then at defense, you've also got Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, Tarmo Reunanen. They cannot be taken by the Kraken in the expansion draft, and then a goalie, Igor Shesterkin. So, obviously, all those players will be protected. As far as AHL guys that will be protected in the upcoming expansion draft, at forward, you've got Patrick Kodorenko and Austin Rushoff. At defense, you've got Igor Rykov. And at goalie, you've got both Adam Huska and Tyler Wall. And then finally, you have some impending unrestricted free agents who, by their very nature of being an unrestricted free agent, uh, none of these players will be required to be protected by the Rangers. And that goes for unrestricted free agents across the league. So at forward, you've got Philip DiGiuseppe and Johnny Brodzinski. Uh, Brodzinski only played five games with the Rangers and 14 games with the Wolfpack. So I consider him a little bit more of a minor league free agent, although you know he did have at least a cup of coffee with the Rangers this past season. And then at defense, you've got Brennan Smith and Jack Johnson, and then also Darren Radish. Darren Radish, again, he was just signing the offseason for organizational depth. Still has not made his NHL debut. Uh, I will say, I guess I missed Philip DiGiuseppe as far as UFAs are concerned. I, for whatever reason, thought that he was a restricted free agent. As it turns out, Philip DiGiuseppe is actually an unrestricted free agent. So uh, we're going to talk about him as far as, you know, we talked about Philip Heal earlier today. We've got a handful of other New York Rangers to get to, uh, UFAs and RFAs uh, coming up, and we will spend our time on all those players. We'll do our due diligence there. Uh, but for the rest of today, that leaves us with uh, a list of players that are eligible to be taken in the expansion draft by the Seattle Kraken. Of all the players on the list that I'm about to read to you guys right now, the Rangers will be able to protect four forwards, two defensemen, and one goalie. So here's the list. And again, all of these guys are eligible unless the Rangers protect them. But at forward, you've got Pavel Bucinevich, Ryan Strom, Philip Hedl, Brett Howden, Julian Gauthier, Kevin Rooney, Colin Blackwell, Jake Elmer, Patrick Newell, Ty Ronning, Anthony Greco, Tim Gettinger, and Gabriel Fontaine. And then as far as defensemen are concerned, you've got Ryan Lindgren, Libor Hayek, Anthony Batetto, Brandon Crowley, Mason Geertsen, and Tony D'Angelo. And then at goalie, uh, there are two goalies that are eligible to be taken, Alex Georgiev or Keith Kincaid. I should say one of those two goalies is eligible to be protected. And we could start right there as far as the Rangers' approach to this whole thing is concerned. I can't imagine for a second that the Rangers would protect Keith Kincaid over Alex Georgiev. I think Kincaid 
definitely exceeded expectations this season for a third-string goalie. But Alex Georgiev is somebody that the Rangers like. He split some time with Igor Sisterkin earlier in the season. He's become a little bit of a New York Islander killer. Uh, he did go through a rough stretch this season. But again, he's much younger than Kincaid. I think he has a lot more upside. He might even be somebody who could be trade bait for the Rangers somewhere down the road or even in this offseason if and when the Rangers uh, really say that Igor Shosturkin is going to be the workhorse and we'll just bring in whoever to be the backup goalie. Maybe at that point, Alex Georgiev gets traded. But for the purposes of this expansion draft, I got to believe, I don't think there's any way that the Rangers would choose to protect Kincaid over Alex Georgiev. So Georgiev will be the protected goalie, the one protected goalie the team gets. Again, Igor Shosturkin being uh, exempt from this expansion draft. As far as the four additional forwards that the Rangers can and who I believe they ultimately will protect for the upcoming expansion draft, I think three guys are absolute locks. They are Pavel Buchnevich, Ryan Strom, and Philip Hedl. With Buchnevich and Hedl, I mean, I want them both to stay on the Rangers. I like both guys. It's at least possible. We can acknowledge the possibility that they could end up being part of some kind of a trade that brings in an established NHL star. It's at least possible, but... Again, I mean, I think if, if nothing happens, if there aren't any trades, if the Rangers don't deal for Eichel or they don't deal for Scheifele or they don't deal for, you know, Connor McDavid, if you want to throw out like a, a wild and crazy name, if they don't do any of that and they don't package Hedl and or Buchnevich and maybe even Strom in one of those trades, then I think those three forwards are locks to be protected by the Rangers in the expansion draft. Once again, Pavel Buchnevich, Ryan Strom, and Philip Hedl. And of course, that leaves you with one more forward that you can possibly protect if you're the Rangers. And there's a compelling case to be, I think it really has to be one of these four guys, but there is a compelling case to be made for really any of the four or at least three, but then I think you can narrow it down to two. But anyway, the list is Colin Blackwell, Julian Gauthier. To me, it's going to come down to one of those two guys. I suppose you could also make a little bit of a case for Kevin Rooney and maybe a little bit of a case for Brett Howden if you're still hanging on to hope that Brett Howden will live up to his first-round draft status and make the JT Miller and Ryan McDonough trade to Tampa Bay actually worth it for the Rangers. I mean, maybe. He is a good penalty killer. Um, so there's that. But, I mean, to me, I'm ruling out Brett Howden pretty quickly in this process here. I would also pretty quickly uh, rule out Kevin Rooney. Uh, he had a decent season, did some good things with the Rangers, had more points than I think a lot of people were probably expecting from him and was very valuable on the penalty kill. Uh, a tough player, a good four-checker as well. But to me... Uh, you can find another Kevin Rooney out there somewhere, and I'm not insulting Kevin Rooney because, again, I, I do like him. I do think he had a good season, but I think he's not somebody who you don't have to worry about the Kraken taking him and then him going on to become a superstar player in this league. I just can't see that happening, so I don't think they would protect him either. And then this is something that we talked about with our, our good friend Kevin LaBella. You know, he was on the show. We did a two-parter with him last week, and it kind of came down to both of us, I think, between Julian Gauthier and Colin Blackwell. Now, if you want somebody who's coming off of a pleasantly surprising, solid season for the Rangers, that's Colin Blackwell. If you want somebody who's younger and probably has the highest ceiling of any of these forwards on this list, it's Julian Gauthier. You can make a case either way. I think I'm leaning a little bit more toward Gauthier because Gauthier, uh, and I, I think the main reason for this was he wasn't the most defensively responsible player on the ice. In fact, I know he wasn't. So he was often in Quinn's doghouse. You know, they started him on the third line this year. They dropped him out of the fourth line. Then he's a healthy scratch. I mean, he didn't do himself any favors at times. There was a game this season where he had eight penalty minutes, and predictably he was a healthy scratch for the game after that. But with Gautier, the way he's lit up the AHL, I just think there's more upside there than with any of these other players. 
I feel like it, it's almost kind of betraying Colin Blackwell for me to say all this and to want to go with Gautier over Blackwell because Blackwell is the guy who had an opportunity last season. He had to scratch and claw his way up the depth chart to get that opportunity, and he took advantage of it. He became a solid player for the Rangers. He did die a little bit down the stretch, but the same can be said for basically every single player on the Rangers. So it's tough, man. You know, if you want to go with upside, I think Gautier is your guy. If you want to go with somebody who played well last season and might stay at about the same level and you want to reward his strong play, it's Colin Blackwell. And again, the Rangers have a whole new regime now, so it could come down to what Gallant and Drury want, and we'll see. I mean, they, they have a, a tough decision to make there as far as which player they protect, because I really think whichever of those two players the Rangers don't protect in this expansion draft could very well end up being the player that the Seattle Kraken select. And we'll see, you know, because again, I think there is upside with Gautier and Blackwell was just a solid contributor last season. So I think either one of those players uh, could be desirable for the Seattle Kraken. And then we'll turn our attention to the defensemen as well. And again, just to run through the list real quick, uh, Lindgren, Hayek, Mason Geertsen, Brandon Crawley, Anthony Potato, Tony D'Angelo. Now, we know for sure Ryan Lindgren will be one of the two defensemen protected by the New York Rangers. They just gave him a contract extension. They don't want him going anywhere. And if they didn't protect him, I think it's pretty much a lock that the Seattle Kraken would probably take him. Uh, he's really established himself as a strong defenseman for this New York Ranger team. Now, beyond all that, if Tony D'Angelo, if all the things that happened with him didn't happen with him, then the Rangers would probably have to expose Libor Hayek. But given that D'Angelo has uh, basically taken himself or the Rangers have taken him out of the picture, however you look at it. I mean, we'll talk about Tony D'Angelo down the road once again someday because I think sooner or later he will be playing for another NHL team. And when that happens, you know, we'll kind of go through the entire timeline all over again. For right now, though, I mean, it seems pretty obvious the Rangers will expose him in the draft. Uh, would the Kraken have some interest in him? I think it's at least possible. I mean, it'd be rolling the dice. I think that's the best way to say it because obviously there's a ton of talent there. Uh, somebody who can play on the power play, be a very strong offensive defenseman. But again, you know, you are taking a little bit of a risk with Tony D'Angelo uh, bringing him into your locker room, especially when you're building a culture from scratch there. You're basically putting together a roster of castaways from other teams. I don't know. I think a case could be made either way there. So I think the Kraken might want to go with one of the Ranger forwards rather than somebody like Tony D'Angelo. And as far as the other guys on this list, I mean, I can't really imagine that they would be all that interested in Potato or Crawley or Geertsen. And so given everything I just said, I think by default, the Rangers hang on to Libor Hayek. And I think Hayek is somebody who definitely improved this past season. I'm not sure if his ceiling is quite as high as some of the other young New York Ranger defensemen that are on the team and got a taste of some NHL action last season. You know, your Zach Joneses, your Tarmo Reunanens, your Ke'Andre Millers. But again, you know, looking at this list, there's six defensemen, Lingren's a lock. I don't think there's any real reason for the Rangers to protect any of the other four defensemen. So by default, I would think it would pretty much have to be Libor Hayek. It would pretty much be a slam dunk that he would be the guy that the Rangers protect. And, you know, Hayek, he'll be in the mix again next year. I would imagine with a new coach, he would probably have to earn his way into the top six all over again. But that's the way it should be. There should be competition in training camp. And, you know, Hayek, uh, maybe he very slightly has the inside track to a spot in the opening night roster, but I don't think it's much of an inside track. Like I said, uh, it's something that I've mentioned before. I think the Ranger defensemen, they are going to be very fascinating to watch uh, throughout the training camp, throughout the preseason. Uh, there's going to be some good competition as far as who the six guys are going to be on opening night because right now I think, like I've been saying, the only three true blue locks are Fox, Lindgren, and Truba. Maybe Keandre Miller as well, but he's a young defenseman too, so he might have to earn his spot all over again. But uh, it's going to be a very fun situation to watch. But once again, I, I see no reason why they would not protect Libor Hayek when you look at you know the, the rest of the defensemen on this list. So 
You know, it's interesting with the, the expansion draft because ultimately you're only going to lose one player. You're not going to lose a superstar, but there's a lot to consider here and you don't want to just give away a good player that could end up being a pretty solid player for your franchise. And I think it comes down as far as who the Kraken selects. I think it'll probably either end up being Colin Blackwell or Julian Gauthier, whichever of those two players the Rangers do not choose to protect in this draft. So it's a very big decision, and uh, it'll definitely be uh, a very interesting event to watch when it does happen. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, the Nets and 76ers have questions to answer. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.